Hey there, Doug here. Before we start this week's re-release, which will be our last re-release, my son Jack is home. He's doing great, even though two kids in the house, working full-time, things are crazy. But me and Jamie, we're dedicated to the sequel-watching journey, and we got to get back to it. We've tabled so many epic sequels and interviews that... People said, yeah, let's do it. And I just haven't had a chance because my son, he was in the NICU for a little while, but he's back and he is home and just amazing. So before I start this week's re-release, our review with uh, Amy, Amy was such a great guest reviewer. We have to have her come back. Going to try to get her for Freddy's Dead, which is one that we have coming up soon. But yeah, so Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. Uh, man, fun movie. I remember we recorded this like a few months into the pandemic. We had a blast doing it. So yeah, so I'm going to start that soon. Before that, because it's been so long before ever all this happened with my son, at the end of the episodes, we tell you the next movie we're going to do. Since this one's like six weeks back, maybe you don't remember, but <laughs> the next one that we're going to be covering is... Uh, The Purge Anarchy with Frank Grillo and an amazing cast. And for it, I interviewed a guy that is a legendary, really a go-to bad guy in the last like 20 years. He's been a bad guy in so many different things. Loved him in MacGruber. But before that, way back, before he found being a bad guy was his calling, even though he's the nicest guy ever. He's like Gregory S. Cummings. Super nice guy, but just looks that part of the bad guy. Jasper Cole, this guy, was in Jason Takes Manhattan. And if you're a listener of the show, you know that movie is so near and dear to my heart. Maybe, obviously, I love Jason. I'm in New Jersey, close to New York. Or it's just such a vivid memory of watching that in USA Up all night. But, yeah, so Jasper's next week. Great chat. We did this a while back, man. We've been waiting so long to do this movie. We had a guest reviewer that was going to do it with us. We just couldn't connect, but... We got to get it out there. This movie is a lot of fun. I can't wait for Jamie to watch it. I can't wait to get back to doing what I love. Reviewing movie sequels for your enjoyment. So I'm going to shut my yapper. Here is A Nightmare on Elm Street. The Dream Master review. Enjoy. All right. We are back. And this is the movie podcast where we're talking sequels and we do it in two parts. The first, an interview with an actor, someone involved that made the film worth watching. And the second, a discussion of the sequel, what they got right, what they got wrong, and how it could have been better. I can't wait to talk about this week's movie because this is our first, like, big, big... Well, yes, we did cover Jason, but it was teleporting Jason. Jason. <laughs> this is a really pinnacle part of the franchise, I think, like, where he became, like, an out-of-the-life character, uh, otherworldly character, and that's Freddy Krueger. And I, was, I really hope you enjoyed last week's interview with Lisa Wilcox, the final girl from this movie. She was amazing. Her story, how she got into acting, was so cool. But before we dive in, or maybe fall asleep like I did if you're watching some video, and Freddie got me. I hope you're not falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, before, last night, that's how I have these injuries. Well, uh, but before we get into that, I got to introduce you to my partner in the sequel watching journey, Jamie Riccardi. Jamie, how you doing? I'm doing good, Doug. You know, this is a... Uh, I haven't seen the nightmare movies since I seen them in the theater. So I saw them all in the theater wow. and I was always more of a Freddy fan than Jason or Michael Myers. Um, and watching it now just again, proves to me why I like him so much better than the other movie. Cause we, oh, yeah. we, with my daughter, I recently watched a bunch of the, the, the um, Friday the 13th movies and they're so different. Like oh, it's so yeah. different. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this one. Well, it's sweet because we have a guest. So if you're watching that video, you see the guest already. But if you're listening, uh, we have Amy. She's so awesome to follow and interact with on Twitter. And I'll put all of her handles and everything, but it's at TV underscore fanatic underscore girl. But I'll put everything in the episode notes so you can follow her. But here she is, Amy. Amy, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. I'm so excited to be here, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And it couldn't have been better timing because HBO Max just put all of the Nightmare and Elm Street movies. Oh, nice. So I've been doing a marathon even before Jamie reached out to me about talking about the movie with you guys. I was like, yes, this is meant to be. <laughs> I'm really, really excited to, uh, to dive into the movie with you guys. Thanks so much for having me. 
Oh, wow. Now, this is going to be a blast. Where does Freddie rank in your, like, slasher guys? Well, I mean, if you follow my posts at all, I'm more into Scream. So I really like yeah. Ghostface and I like Jason a lot for Halloween. I have a six foot seven um, animatronic Jason that goes away. <laughs> so I don't want to, you know, he's up in my attic right now. So he's going to hear what I'm saying. So <laughs> I, but I, I do, I am a fan of Freddy as well. And I, I actually really love the Freddy versus Jason. Um, oh, yeah. We got much later on. So, um, but now watching all of the Freddy movies, you know, I'm going to say, like, I actually really, really appreciate his humor. Um, I think it adds something different to the table. Have you always been like a horror, horror fan or? Um, I think more of Halloween. I just liked um, that in general when I was younger. And like down the street, we used to have this guy that would dress up as Jason and he would come <laughs> out and like one after all the kids. So I guess I just thought being terrorized was a normal thing. And there's like, there's movies I can actually watch, you know, when I got older. So I just, you know, became a fan from there. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is the Freddy, I would say, since you just did the marathon, like the third one, he starts getting a little more, he has the one-liners, but this one, it is like 80s action movie-esque. Like the lines he has for each person are so good. And I love the way the movie opened. It reminded me of Jason Takes Manhattan. The song in the beginning of the movie that Tuesday Night Sings, it sounds like that opening track of jason it does, it does. i loved it it's in my it's in my rotation now it's that well, it's that good you know you can see the growth in freddie i mean uh you know i watched recently the first nightmare on elm street and it was i was more horror you know like there was oh, it yeah. wasn't funny the kills are more like you know horror kills they weren't silly kills and you know i mean again i know you and i discussed this i remember dream warriors being the cool one just because there was kind of like you know they each had if i remember correctly they all had special powers and everything um but when i start when i watched this one i totally remember them how much better this movie is just because i just just the concept alone i mean it was oh, pretty yeah. cool. and robert england top build which is of course because he is like he is the guy like when it comes to all the other guys, you don't really know who plays them. Like at the comic cons, you see like them and you're like, Oh, that's cool. Like, and they're great. Like Kane Otter's great at what he does. All the other guys I can't think of off the top of my head. They're all great at what they do, but just what he does with this character is so amazing. Like in the second one, he, uh, they didn't want to pay him enough and the movies are doing so well. There's like two of the scenes that they show someone else in the Freddy costume that made it in the movie. Cause they didn't have time to reshoot it. And they're, like, so bad. The way the guy walks is all stiff-legged. There's no character to it. Well, you know what it is? I mean, Jason and Mike Myers, you know, they're, they're very one-dimensional. You yeah. know, I mean, they basically, they walk and they slash. You know, like, <laughs> Freddie has personality, his movements, his jumps, his, like, you know, like, he's, he's a character. He's more oh, of a yeah. character, you know. So that's, I think, that's where, that's why I think I like him better than the other movies, just because there's so much that he does. Yeah. And just, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, that's so, true. He's got all of those like snappy one-liners too. Oh yeah, that are just like perfection. <laughs> no, they're so good in each and every one. It's like it reminds me of, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like he has that line, and then he takes care of the guy like right afterwards. But they're so good and they're so imaginative. Another thing I forgot about these movies is that there's so much more less. I think there's like six or seven kills in this movie. Like you know, Jason and Mike Myers. Sometimes they just tear through like you know, tons of people. And you're watching like those kill count videos that are really good on YouTube. And you're like, oh my God, there's like so many less. But the characters in this movie are so cool. Like it's really cool. Like Deb, the actress who plays Deb, she was also on the 10 of us with uh, uh, Heather Langenkamp. So it was like those, that connection, Nancy from the first, well, first and third films. But the way these movies, the way this one specifically starts is kind of weird because if you saw them in the movie theaters and you don't know back then, Jamie, like when you saw it in the theaters, like, Patricia Arquette not being yeah. in this movie, yeah. Yeah. it's like kind of, I don't know, I get it happens. There's so many different stories about why she wasn't in it. Yeah, I know. I, you know, um, I, I just w listened to something recently about that. And, you know, like if you didn't see the other one, obviously you wouldn't know. Um, but she did a great job in, in Dream Warriors, Patricia Arquette. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, like, you know, it's, it's so funny how they just basically try to find, it's, it's almost like she was like the stun double. Uh, Tuesday night because she had you know she had the she had the short hair that that's kind of like a look like you know what she looks close enough let's just get her in there you know 
I'm also amazed at, you know, these movies came out a long time ago. The special effects are really good. Oh, yeah. You know, for, for the time when it came out, I mean, they really were pretty good. What you, do you mean the Invisible Freddy fighting team? Well, I have to say that that, that special effects is awesome. Um, you know, I do like the movie. There are two things I do not like about the movie. Okay. That scene was one of them. <laughs> so, and I'm not a fan of the ending, but we'll get there. Okay. You guys didn't like the like crazy kung fu uh, montages that we got. I, well, that I don't. That I did like. But look, anytime you have a montage, I'm in. No, you you, you got me. I'm in for the montage. Um, but I feel like it was almost like they kind of maybe had they ran out of budget for the fight scene between the you know that guy and Freddie because oh that is true yeah no that's true when you watch the documentary the guy gets he oh he does because <laughs> when they went to go shoot his scene he didn't mention what it was but he's like. All these other people have these elaborate, well, some of them have really elaborate ones. And then his is just, and he was so pissed because he trained doing karate for like a month. They paid for him to go to get lessons. And then when they started filming, said, just do some roundhouse. Wait, punches. wait, are you saying he's not a real karate master? He is unfortunately not a real karate master. No, but it was crazy that he trained and they're like, all right, do some big roundhouse punches. And he's like, no, that's not karate. They're like, but it looks good for the movie. So he's like, he wasted like four weeks of his life. Well, he's wearing Daniel Sun's um, bandana. <laughs> the Karate Kid bandana. I mean, that is the same one, isn't it? Like, it I looks think. exactly the same thing. <laughs> so Amy, were you ever, I don't know, when was the first time you saw these movies? Like when you were younger? Um, I mean, I want to say I was maybe like 10 or 11 when I first yeah. originally saw them. So like a lot was lost on me. I just knew, you know, Freddie was the creepy guy that was all burned. And then Jason was the one with the hockey mask. Yeah. But um, now I've been trying to rewatch like all like the horror movies I watched when I was younger just to get a better appreciation for it. So like I said, I, I think I've watched the fourth one now like three times in the last Sweet. three weeks. Nice. Um, I actually really like it. And I really like the dog in it that pisses me yeah. off. We want to talk about, you know, the <laughs> special effects. Um, and I like that the dog was named Jason. Yes. But later on that apparently they did that on purpose because originally they wanted Freddy versus Jason to come out around when that movie did. Oh, that is true. Yeah. That's Jason. This is the, the same year as Takes Manhattan, I think. Yeah. So Jason, Jason, Jason versus Freddy was after this movie, like way um, a way after. Like oh yeah, and I guess they, that was when they were first like thinking about putting the two of them on screen together, and then all of a sudden the dog is named Jason. I'm like, wait, is his name Jason? That's on purpose. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love how funny like Joey and Kate. So the movie opens up with uh, Kristen dreaming. She pulls in Joey and Kincaid. So those are the people that survived the last film, and I love that part when the dog does bite her and Kincaid's totally cool. With it. He's like, I'd bite you too. If you thought, cause she thought Freddie was back then right in the beginning of the movie. Was he as whiny in, uh, in the third one than he was in this one too? Oh yeah. I think okay. he was the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. He was whiny the whole time, but even like she gets like Tuesday night when she like looks at the bite, she's like, Oh, whatever. And just kind of, relaxes. I'm like, you're bleeding from your arm. Like, you know, I, I said the same thing. And I, I, I feel like there's a lot of a lack of emotion in this movie because there's a lot of deaths in front of people and no one seems phased by it. And the school, there's no, I, I was going to say, and, and there's students. Happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also noticed that the, the adults in this movie come across like real jerks, like the whole movie. Kristen's mom, huge jerk. Mrs. Johnson. Was that Mrs. Johnson? No, Mrs. Johnson was, she's dead. We never really meet her. We only see a photo of her. No, there is a Mrs. Johnson. Oh, no, Mr. Johnson. Mr. Mr. Johnson's yeah. alcohol. He's creepy. He's creepy as anything. I think yeah. I like the line. It said popping aspirin like popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, even um, Rick even says something about, like, today is avoid all contact day. And he's, like, climbing out the window, which I thought was yeah. With what's going on, I was like, I guess Rick had it right. He's got the kung fu moves. He knows what's going on in the world. But yeah, Mr. Johnson was a jerk. Yeah, he's a real, he's a real jerk. The teacher. I mean, even the teachers are boring. I mean, you have you have two separate classes where kids are falling asleep in class. Yeah, you know, I just the, the, the teachers are really just. I mean, just in general, the adults were just just annoying. Yeah. So one thing that was pretty cool when we first meet Lisa, and and we just mentioned the brother jumping out of the window, was. Uh, they were talking about like uh, they were referencing the show Dynasty, 
And just, just hearing the VCR, it just is so nostalgic hearing that because that was like, that's like growing up. You think of like watching the old horror movies like on VHS. It's good times, man. Just like, I miss like that whole thing going to the video store. I talk about that with so many people I interview. It's just like so nostalgic that whole like, now it's just like flipping through and you're like, oh, I'll watch this. And then you can turn it right off. Dude, a Friday night going to Blockbuster was like oh, the best thing in the world. The best. And then I wrote here, why is every movie, the guy that's the football player is always such a dick? I wrote down, he said, hey, baby, you're sucking on the wrong nozzle. <laughs> trying to think which football player that was, the Dan's buddy. Well, you've never said that t- line before? No, I don't. I'm a gentleman. I don't oh, okay. That. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, Kincaid, when Kristen gets, uh, the next day she talks about the dog bite, and she said, that don't mean dick. That's what he said to her at the locker. So it's cool that they had them back in it, but like right away, that's what's like funny about these horror movies because there's never the director that goes to the next movie or rarely a writer comes back for the next movie. So it's like even when King K, the actor, talks about it, he's like, oh, look, man, I get killed on page 20. <laughs> well, he's, he, 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 he seemed angry at her, like, you know, from the, the whole movie, well, until he dies. You know, spoiler alert. But he does, he seems angry. Like, I mean, like, didn't he just go through, like, you know, in Dream Warriors? They went through a, you know, a tough situation together, right? Why is he so angry at her? I think because the whole way to beat Jason, Jason, the whole way to meet Freddy is, like, not giving him the power. Like, in the first movie, she said, I'm not scared of you. And she turned her back on him and he fell through. So maybe they feel like if you talk about it, like, bad luck. Like, hey, if you talk about it, it's going to happen, which... It happens. Well, he said that a few times too. He even yeah. said, like, you keep pulling me into these dreams. That's how, you know, that's what he thrives on. You're going to bring him back. And then even when he wakes up in the junkyard, he's like, you could tell. He's like, damn it. You brought me right back into this. Like, he knew at that point he was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and his dog is the reason. His dog peed. Okay, so we, we, need to, we need to get to the scene right here. So, okay. So, I totally forgot a dog has fire urine, I guess. Yeah. So it has a burning, like, so like if you brought him to a vet, you know, my dog, it burns when he pees, like, isn't like, so he might have, you know, other issues yeah. besides, uh, you know, fire. Just I know saying. it's corny, but like, you had to think the Jason movies, like, like how does Freddy come back in the third one? <laughs> I'm trying to think of, I haven't watched Dream Warriors in a little while, but I feel like he's not gone. Cause in the first one, he's really not gone. Cause they, well, he's not really alive. Yeah. Right? I mean, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I don't remember him ever coming back to Ohio, but I mean, he, 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 he was buried, I guess in a car or was that what, that what that was? Or like, I think, you know, I think he, they buried him in end of dream warriors, like in a, oh, okay. in the ground. That's why he was all bones and everything. I guess they, they burned him again. Can you burn him again? Can you burn him more? Well, I don't know. Can you? <laughs> it's like if you're wet can you get wetter i don't know if that's but i think that kind of falls apart so it's like okay they're they're burying him and then all of a sudden we're moving to he sees his reflection and there's no more evil and now oh yeah so i mean i think there's a stretch with how we banish freddie like each movie they just kind of make it up as they go <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's it it's very unique the way he came back it's not like electricity like jason lightning bolts or so it is at least a little unique in a way. But I didn't like the way King Kane died. So he's like screaming for Joey and for Kristen to come help him. And they had a really cool shot when it pulled away. And I don't know how they – that was a really cool camera trick, the way they did that. They pulled away. But then I didn't like the way he died. He didn't even really get to fight him. He just got punched, you know, stabbed in the stomach, and that was it. Yeah, but I was, I was annoyed at him because he got mad for – What's her face to pull her, pull him into her dream? Oh yeah. So now he now he wants to use her to come in his dream. Sorry, you know, doesn't work that way. <laughs> you get it. I don't. I don't want to go. Pull each other into the dreams, and then they're like, "Sorry, now this is kind of like your burden to bear." Like Kristen even eventually does that to Alice. Like poor Alice is just like you know tossing and turning in bed, and she's like, "Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Alice, and she just looked like, "Where the hell am I?" Well, I think she has, I mean, she has, I mean, she has her other, that's the one at the end, right? That's the main one, Alice? Alice, yeah. Okay. Alice Lisa Wilcox. Okay. So she, I mean, she has her own issues to begin with. She's almost like, 
like I don't. She, she reminded me a little bit like like she had an evil like she's like a Damien on the inside a little bit. Like she had that evil inside of her because again, nothing phased her. She was just she was a little oddball. She had these daydreams. There was something more to her than uh, you know like they really let out. Yeah, I, don't know. I, mean, I think that's why they set up everything with her father, you know, the way he treats her, you know, even she's having like kind of hallucinations then like she just wants to tell him off and never can. And then she has a speech about how she talks about dreams were the only thing she's ever had to rely on. So this was like basically like her calling in some way. And then we get the awesome moment that I hope you guys want to talk about where Kristen is like, you need my power. And it was very like Shira, He-Man, like by the honor of grace. <laughs> light that kind of shoots out um and then all of a sudden she has this purpose and destiny oh. yeah this weird because it goes it touches freddie it goes to freddie it goes through. and then goes from freddie yeah to her i didn't know if freddie could like like intercept it <laughs> no it, it, and that's what it was like i guess that was the start of it right i mean that's once she got the power she was able to absorb everybody else Right, yeah. and because it bounced off of Freddie, that's why she started getting a piece of each person each time, where all of a sudden she knows how to use the nunchucks. Oh, know, yeah. Like, bites the dust. So that's how they kind of explained that, which was cool because it made the movie a little bit different than... Sure. Yeah. Now, now, do you think Freddie... So in, in Dream War again, I don't remember Dream Warriors, but she had the same power of pulling people in, right? Like, but, but she, I think she... Uh, or I guess, uh, what's her name? Kristen. She was she was more aware of it. Like, I feel like, I, I forget the names. What's the Alice. The, Alice. Alice. Okay. She, I feel like Freddie was taking advantage of her. Like he, oh, yeah. she totally had no clue what was going on. So like he saw right through that and he was able to, you know, again, that's how he basically controlled most of the movie because he was taking advantage of her the whole time. Yeah. The one time he basically, when he's at the diner, which I'll get to more in detail later, but he goes, he goes, who do you got for me? Yeah. And he's like eating the pizza, the pizza souls. And then, she uh she like just like stares off and then we see Brooke Bess, Deb, like working out and he's like, Thanks. And he just disappears. <laughs> Which I love again when he, after he kills uh King Kate, he says, one down, two to go. And dude, I love I absolutely love Joey's death scene. I always thought as a kid that was so cool. It was kind of freaky, like the whole waterbed thing. And to shoot the scene, if you ever watched Never Fall Asleep, it's on Shutter if you have it. Dude, it is so cool because they have a guy that's in the Freddy outfit as a stuntman, and he's in like the scuba kind of gear in a way. But uh, it took like six hours to shoot just him coming up, and the guy's like, "If you're if you're not gonna have to do this right," he was going nuts on the on Rennie Harlan. But I guess it was that hard to shoot. But man, what no, again, look, the special effects were awesome. I mean, oh, it looks yeah. so, so, but didn't Johnny Depp die a similar way? He had sucked into the bed and right. it spit everything out. Okay. <laughs> had the whole like aspect of okay like the woman you're fantasizing about from the poster is now you know swimming under your waterbed and you're not suspicious at all but then that's when we were talking about before with um freddie's like one-liners and he goes how's this for a wet dream like I think yes <laughs> yes <laughs> and they always dub this movie like everyone that was worked on the movie if you look at the th- like the first the second third this one is more like they call it the mtv Nightmare on Elm Street. And then in that whole scene, it's and a MTV, yep. in the background and it's on loop because when the mom comes in to look for him and she's like, where are you? And then she pulls the sheets and he's dead under the, how do you explain that? How does the coroner explain that? Well, I, I, well, I mean, we also had to, you know, again, we've discussed this many times. This, this was filmed in the eighties. They had a show eighties boob at some point. Oh yeah. I know. And that was the 80 boob. You know, Amy, we say this every single eighties movie has, it's like, it's in the clause at some point it has to be some kind of nudity. Right. It's either skinny dipping or you yep. take a shower and when you're already completely clean. Some yep. yeah. <laughs> every eighties movie. So there you go. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> All right. So now we're, Oh yeah. That was, you're talking about this before Amy. So it's kind of weird. Like the exposition that they like throw in, when uh, Kristen looks like, dude, she looks like she's going crazy because nobody believes her. Obviously, Kincaid and Joey were the only like two people that understood what she was going through, and they're dead. They weren't in class when she got there, and she's like chain smoking cigarettes like crazy. And then Alice tells her about my mother used to tell me about the Dream Master, and like kind of like giving us the whole like what she's going to be able to 
what she hopes to do throughout the movie. But obviously when she finally gets pulled in by Kristen, like Amy was talking about, which is a really cool scene, man. Cause that's the first thing I think, is that the first time Freddie says, I don't know, I guess he says, welcome to primetime bitch in the third one. But when he says, I think he says like, come here, bitch. Or, or he says fresh meat. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Fresh meat when Alice finally comes down. But that whole scene is like so cool. Like the transferring of the powers. Well, I think all of Freddie's entrances are just so awesome. Just yeah. the way he, you know, uh, and we forgot one other line he said to Kincaid. He goes, uh, oh no, Kincaid says to him, I'll see you in hell. And he goes, and Freddie goes, tell him Freddie sent you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> How about when Kristen gets, uh, when she passes out in class, when Rick's like trying to help her, he's like, it's okay. And she like slams her head against the wall and passes out. How about Robert England in drag? The, how creepy was that? Oh I mean, he's... <laughs> he pulled it off like really well to the point where I first said, is that him? And I'm like, yep, that's definitely him. Absolutely. You had to do a second look because you were like, what, what is it? Is this a really ugly woman? But then you look again, it's, oh no, it's Robert. <laughs> hey, you want to draw some blood? <laughs> he has all the vials on his yeah. fingers, which is so cool. And then she was saved by the smelling salts. And... So the next thing we see is her mom who, you know, it's crazy. I don't know if you guys ever knew this, but her, I watch on the documentary, her and her daughter had a really bad relationship, kind of like she does in Kristen in the movies. And her daughter was in Friday the 13th part five. She was like the punky goth girl in the fifth, in new beginning. So when she talked about it, I'm like, wow, that's so weird. And then in this movie, dude, she drugs her own daughter. Oh, she- Again, creepy adult. That's the, the, and well, how about the way that she was honking the horn, making her the, the kids leave the, oh, yeah. the house, right? Like, so, yeah, yeah I mean, the adults were jerks. Yeah, that was rough, man. Just for the mom to do that. And she was responsible for the killing of Freddie. So and, she knows that this is real. And, she, and how, how bad is that? The daughter says, you just murdered me. Or what'd she say? She just, you just killed me or you just murdered me? Yeah. Stumbling oh. up the stairs. So I wrote down, she was stumbling up the stairs. Why was she trying to grab a coat? She tried to put a coat on from her closet and then she just collapsed and then. Well, that's true because then she also picked up the phone and I'm like, there's no way she's hitting any number right now. (laughs) (laughs) So she she grabbed a jacket to make a phone call. (laughs) She was that loopy. So (laughs) So we talked about the whole transfer to Alice, but before that, so when they were at the house, I forgot about this. It was so weird. So when they were like talking about Freddie and like everything about the house, why did they show like a POV coming from inside the house? That couldn't have been Freddie because he's only in the dreams. That was weird. They showed like a peering from one of the windows, like somebody peeping, but Freddie couldn't be peeping. It was probably, it was probably Mr. Johnson. <laughs> yeah. What a nut job that guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. So where are we at now? So Alice, oh, dude. And then Freddie says, hey, Alice, come to daddy. And then when he tosses Kristen in the fire, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Her face is like super burnt. And then when she goes back into pre- present time, they show like her mirror where she had all the Pictures. photos of all of her friends in the movie, which is really cool. And she takes them off every time and she kind of changes a little bit. But how about the postcard that said greetings from hell? And he's choking, uh, Kristen, which is a, such a cool thing. Like I said, yeah, that, that's cool. that's. And like the scene right before at the beach where she goes, and you have like putting the sunglasses on. Oh yeah. That, oh. You know, oh yeah. Yeah. How would you skip that whole part? That's like that's that's like the best part of the whole, like one of the best parts of the movie. You kidding it me? Is, yeah. <laughs> the Jaws. I don't know how oh. I skipped over that. Yeah, the Jaws shark fin, and how about like somehow that uh, sandcastle that the girls build in explodes and then freddie comes out and oh dude when he puts the shades on and then stomps her head into the sand and she just slips away that is so cool just that entrance alone just when he comes out and that was so awesome yeah well i i thought it was gonna go a different way though i thought like the, the seeing that i thought she was gonna die on the sand right there with the claw coming through the sand oh yeah that would be pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> so so alice is like super different now she starts, she even like, she starts smoking in the bathroom. She's like, I don't even smoke. Where'd she get the cigarette from? 
Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, she said, I, I don't smoke. You know, like, where'd she get it from? Maybe she was wearing Kristen's coat. When was they she? went to the house, she grabbed it. <laughs> Which, what does Kristen's mom do for a living? That house was huge. It was massive. <laughs> and they, they, could, they knew that there was a fire before the mom did? Because they were, like, in that room first. What was the mom just, like, half, half passed out, like, on a bottle of wine? Maybe she took some of the sleeping pills, too. Maybe <laughs> she did. I mean, she, she did have – obviously, she had a lot of them. So, yeah. you know, in her purse. In her purse, yeah. Uh, so one thing, Amy, we always notice in these movies is when the actors, when the extra actors that they find, sometimes they're, like, so bad, and the teacher, when they're getting ready to take the test – the teacher says the line. It was probably just like one take and they were just like, well, I don't care. Do it again. She's like, you got 40 minutes. So good luck and go for it. <laughs> I would love to have that. Bro. I would love to have one line like that in one of these movies. Just to go back. It'd be so rad. So where are we at? Oh, this is it. This is one of the best scenes. And I have the poster. Oh, you're cutting up a little bit, Amy. Okay, so we lost Amy, but we got her back. She just didn't use the video because the storm's really bad that we're coming through, so she was a little wonky. So we said, hey, just go audio only. So if you're watching on video, I put her photo, well, you'll see her photo below. And, uh, well, great. Let's get back to the action. So, yeah, so we're in the classroom. The, the teacher just said that really super corny line. And I, I want to write, like, why are these kids in school? Three kids just died. And not, not even all the kids, maybe if you're close with them, but they should kind of have, like, Greek counselors there. Or maybe, like, Rick Johnson shouldn't be in school. His girlfriend just died. Even, even okay, so they, they, not only are they in school, they're even getting a test. Like they can't, they can't postpone the test at least, you know, <laughs> That's like I said, there's no, there's no, there doesn't seem to be a lot of remorse. I mean, there's, you know, there's not a lot of shock of, of the deaths that's going on. You know, they mention a name here and there, but there's not a lot of like crying. There's not a lot of, you know, it's like, all right, we really yeah, didn't like, like it anyway. to it. Yeah. And it's kind of funny too. Like, again, these films happen right after another and they don't know. Yeah. Like, like Amy, in all in the beginning of the movie, Dan. I know Dan just moved here, but wouldn't that be like the most popular story that this guy's murdering people in their dreams? He has no idea. Like, who's this Fred Krueger? It's like, what do you mean that should be like in the welcome newsletter when you move to the town? Yeah, that's true. Instead, it was just like he's one major league hunk. I think that's what like. Alex <laughs> <was>. <laughs> well, I, I think I think it goes along with the again the jerky adults. Now you're you're going to move to a town where children keep dying. Year after year, you know, like, you know, I mean, again, it's, it's I, I, I keep blaming it the adults. Dan got some shitty parents. Like, maybe they're like, man, the market's like real hot. But honey, Freddie does kill teenagers. But what are the chances, hon? Look at the piece of real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, when, so Alice dreams in class and she pulls Sheila into the dream. And dude, when Freddie is the, when Freddie is the teacher, it is the raddest. I wish he like talked more or maybe had like more liners. But when he walks up to her and says, want to suck face and murders her by, I guess, making out like death by make out. It is like, ugh, crazy. But like that, that's, think about how creative. So she, she has asthma. Yeah. So, you know, in the real world, you're just seeing her suffocating, but he's sucking. Like, it was just, I think, such creative writing for that death. Oh, I yeah. think it was such a good idea, you know? Yeah, I think that was one of the most creative ones that we saw. And Sheila is like, I really think Sheila deserved better. Because she, like, stands up to him, too. He's one up face, and she's like, no. And she like, doesn't even care. Like, she's about to die, and she's still kind of, like, holds her own. <laughs> And then plus she has that cool bug zapper that comes in handy later on that she gets. Yes, she makes, yeah, that she, she made I herself. Was, she yeah. was like, I was up all night cramming for physics and I made Deb this bug thing because she hates bugs. Which again, we should mention that she's eating 
what is she eating? Some br- she's eating something, and there's like a cockroach yeah. in her food. Where, what restaurant was that? Was that from the diner they worked at? <laughs> you mean the one that everybody seems to go to or work at? Well, I think it's the only diner in that town. It seems that way. <laughs> well, you know, you know, this movie has every cliche, every personality cliche possible. It has the quiet, shy girl, has the jock, has the, you know, the tough guy, has the nerdy girl, has like, you know, the, I guess the slutty girl. Like it has every cliche possible. Who's the slutty girl, Deb? The one that that was lifting five pounds that we talked to, that talked how tough she is, how strong she is. <laughs> <laughs> she reminded me of what's her name from saved by the bell. Yes. Oh, uh, Tori or something. Tori. Yeah. Well, d- yeah. don't forget. She's the one that said at the diner, Oh, your shift's over. It's my table now. Yeah. She wanted Dan. Yeah. yeah so yeah, so she's a slutty one. Yeah. That you was know. not, that was not nice. But no. then Dan shows up to buy gum while Alice is working. So Alice is like, few days in the future and she's like been working double shifts not sleeping and the thing was dan really liked her because he had a date in the car and he was flirting with alice at, inside the date's like dan we're gonna miss the movie i don't know man if i was her what, what you if know you what? maybe he was a slutty one he was and you know what Wait, maybe she, he was a slutty one and the other girl was the jock because she was lifting yeah <laughs> Oh my God, dude. <laughs> so here's another like weird exposition like that they throw in there. So the guy that's the producer of all these movies and was like a big head at New Line, Bob Shea, he plays the teacher and they just happen to be teaching about dreams. And it, one of the lines was, he was talking about skill dreamers. And this is when Rick passes out on the toilet. That was a tough one. <laughs> Well, the cheerleaders coming in and then your sister being behind it. That was kind of weird. And then the elevator, I remember the karate scene, but if you're watching it for the first time, it's like, dude, that elevator could have been like some kind of cool way to. How, how big is that, that stall to fit all the cheerleaders in there? Well, those handicap stalls are pretty big. I guess that could be one of those. I guess. I don't know. I mean, and not for nothing. I mean, it's pretty embarrassing. You know, you, you, you know, you're going to the bathroom doing your business and you got a bunch of, you know, cheerleaders coming in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really had like three nightmares in one. Like He did. <laughs> I think you have to show off more of those sweet, you know, kung fu moves. Yes. Which again. <laughs> so then they go in the elevator. The elevator keeps like stopping and then it opens up to a dojo that they like make. They even talk about it. Like how they just got anything they could to throw on there to make it look like they had the fog and. And it just was so, it could have been so much, even if it was Freddy in a karate gi, like in like Super Freddy, or even yeah. if he just ripped Karate Kid and he was in like a black, like with the colors, the red and yeah. green, like Freddy Kai. They could have done something like that. That would have been awesome. You know, I was thinking Jason takes Manhattan with that guy that was a boxer. Like, yeah. you know, like, and you're like, all right, I'm, this would be a cool fight. You know, Freddy's going to do, you know, the guys that do a little karate against uh, Freddy, you know, and then Freddy. But like, no, it was like, I, I feel like it was a cop out. It was such a, like a lame, like, I don't know. It could have been so much better. His sister was better at karate than he was. And she came a long way because when he was trying to teach her, she couldn't, she couldn't even do the yell right. <laughs> <laughs> and her shoe went into the fish tank. <laughs> she did the crane kick. Oh God, that's so awesome. <laughs> but yeah, Invisible Freddy, man, that was so bad. Yeah. And then we, we talked about Deb being like tough. One of her lines was, again, after like four people she knows very well dies, she goes, I don't work out every night to get beat up by some night stalker. It's like, dude, it's not that easy. Well, that's my point. So she works out every night, but if you look at the bar that she was using, they look like it was like two and a half pound plates on on the end of it. (laughs) Well, she does also have that hardcore bracelet that she gives over to Alice. That, like, you know what? That is true. That is, you know, <laughs> I guess if you wear a hardcore bracelet, you know, you don't have to lift a lot of weights. <laughs> yeah. She wears like a cool leather bomber jacket. I don't think that goes with the spike. I think that'd be like more like a goth girl, like the girl in the, the third film was more gothic. Yeah, but that was 90s, right? Third, no, no, it was 80s. Oh, yeah. They're like, Let's throw in the spike thing. Whatever we found in the, <laughs> in the, in the chest. In a thrift shop. <laughs> Dude, and then Lisa, when she starts training with the 
the nunchucks and like well that that montage i did like the, the song was great you oh, know yeah. yeah i mean you know the, the music in this movie is very good you know for what for what it is oh, it was yeah. very good yeah and like yeah. i mentioned before like amy on her twitter account which is awesome she uh she posts like all these things about like fine like one was i think who's your favorite like per like final girl in horror and i always say like nev campbell and sydney prescott but man her change from the beginning of the movie even up until this point it's so man it's hard and she was only in a few things before this this is her first like obviously this is a huge role and just the fact that she nails it like you yeah. even throughout the whole way because she's really timid in the beginning and shy and she's just like more she was kind of carried like in the, in the beginning of the movie yeah. you know you know i kind of looked like her like plain jane uh, which by the way we we forgot this one part that mr johnson when she was leaving the house and he goes you're not walking out wearing that she was like fully dressed like i don't she know what like, like none she looked like a <laughs> but it, but that's you know she she went from that like shy reserved person to like this badass like kick-ass girl and was that was a great transformation and even like with the montage, like at first she used to have all the pictures covering the mirror so she could never see herself. So then of course now she takes down each picture. You know, she has a, you know, a bit of them with her, but then she's looking at herself, like finally believing within her own capabilities. So it's a big moment for her. Oh, a huge moment. And I, again, I think that was a, that was a great part. Just again, this, and I think a song just went perfectly with it. Like, you know, it was, it was such a good choice. Yeah, and then her dad says, you're not going to leave this house because she was supposed to like meet up with Dan to be able to go protect Deb, right? That was her. Yeah. She wanted to protect Deb. So then she, she, she doesn't know. We really don't know that she really fell asleep. And then she sneaks out like her brother would, and she goes to the movie theater, and the movie that's playing is Reefer Madness. And I think the other thing on there says, oh, the other movie was something like, lonely girl or loner girl but reefer madness is the movie that made new line all their money the copyright uh or the contract on it like lapsed and bob shea bought it and that's how he started the company he bought all the rights to these old movies and we're showing them and that's how he started new line so that's why the the kid had to fight an invisible freddy because they spent all the money on the movies the movie rights <laughs> no that was before this that's what like started new line but no, I wonder what what took spent more money than the budget to take out his scene. I'd probably be pretty bitter. Like if you're like in a horror movie, especially like a Freddy movie, you're like, oh dude, this is oh man. Well, I wonder I wonder why him. Like maybe he's the guy that was always late. You're like, all right, you want to keep being late? You know, you we're gonna cut you, we're gonna make you the lamest scene in the movie. Yeah, you're gonna have to do this for twelve hours, you have to fight the <laughs> air. <laughs> I was hoping that she was when she was leaving the house and your father said, you, you know, where are you going? I was hoping she was going to kick him. Oh, yeah. Like something like she should have done been able to do something to him. Nice little roundhouse. <laughs> what a cool effect. Like this is one that Robert England talked about, like, and I loved it when she gets sucked into the movie screen. The trans the transition is yeah. so perfect. It's seamless. You don't see like the movie magic. No, and you're talking, to, you're talking to 80s. I mean, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like late 80s. I mean, I was, like I said, the special effects were very, very well done in this movie. Yeah. No. So amazing. So then we get to old Alice. She goes <laughs> into the, she's walking around. She sees the diner. It's like kind of old looking and all dilapidated. And it's her old. She's talking to herself. And then that dude, this is when uh, Freddie comes in with the pizza of souls, which Dude, another thing, I'm going to reference this. You have to watch the documentary because they got inspired by ordering Domino's and they copied the Domino's pizza with the meatballs and it's obviously added in the faces. But how cool is that scene, dude? It looks so good when he sticks yeah. it into Rick's head and eats it right in front of her. And again, she's kind of unfazed. Was this the one when he was like, his, his tongue was like flapping around? Oh, dude, when he eats it, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> Not cool. And everything like like fall like all the juice and guts are like coming out. Oh. And he says, I love soul food. Where like her stomach does turn like the pizza. And then when we get to Deb where she gets turned into the cockroach. Oh, oh I love that whole scene. 
Well, you know, I, I, you realize like all these kills were for, is that how most of the movies are? They're all foreshadowed because like all these kills, like she had the cockroach in the beginning of the movie. Um, the other guy with the karate, I guess. I mean, yeah, like the girl with the asthma. No, the girl with the asthma. That. Yeah, because they play into like what your inner demons are and like what your fears are. So even the other movies, like the comic book nerd, Bracken Meyer with the video games. So they're always like, okay. They are. They are connected. Bit to it, which makes it so much better. Yeah. I don't know about the third one as much. Wasn't it one with a puppet? Like the, with, with the veins popping out, and he's like using them as a puppet. Uh, yeah, yeah. He makes them walk off the building. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't know if he was into puppets. Maybe he was. Maybe he was a marionette fan, whoever that was. Wasn't well, that a puppet? Well, it's different. No, puppet but, oh, is... no I understand, but you're going to tell me a marionette and a puppet are not the same thing? Well, they're cousins. It doesn't mean they're related. <laughs> well, it depends on what part of the country you are. <laughs> they're like wait, third cousins. Wait, 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 wait. You just said they're cousins. Doesn't mean yeah, they're related. But they're not like brother and sister. Cousins can be like, yeah, that's my cousin. I don't, I don't stand next to him. You know, I don't want to talk to him. All right, all right, whatever. I keep my distance. At the marionettes and puppets, they don't get along too well. <laughs> if you call the marionette a puppet, puppet, you know what would happen? So you're saying uh, Pinocchio is not a puppet? It's a marionette, uh, I and don't he's know. a real boy. <laughs> oh man so the whole deb scene like that's where they probably spent all the money if you think about the effects that whole scene probably cost so much money took so much time doing her arm snap and you see freddie in the bar that's really cool when you see it in the weight the reflection of yeah his face. yeah and his just the arm snap in amy i don't know about you i i got these movies still like kind of like get my stomach turning but when you see it start to come out that's grossed me out. Yeah, that whole scene, I think, from start to finish is gross. Because even that enough, if she died that way, would have made my skin crawl. But then, then when she starts morphing into the bug, I just lost it. And then, of course, you know, you can check into the Roach Motel. but you can't- <laughs> That was awesome. That's an awesome line. Yeah, and and then, so, she, so she breaks her arms. She morphs into a, a roach. She gets stuck in glue. Her face would yeah. not... And, and her face is like falling off, look like it turning into the roach. And then she gets squished to death. Oh, it's like, the roach. When the roach leaves her body and it's just, yeah. I'm like, oh. But she had the worst death at, at, at anyone in the movie. Yeah. It was like, it was like, it was like a torture death. And you didn't know she was in her, all you saw was the room. Yeah. So you just that thought was, like, oh, maybe she got really small. Yeah. Boy, that was very yeah. cool. That was very cool. That's probably one of the best lines. Yeah. That's probably one of the best lines in the franchise. That's so good. The way. Yeah. Smashing that. And then. At, meanwhile, this whole time, Dan and Alice are in a loop, which is a really cool scene when they keep like driving the car going, I'll drive, I'll drive. It's the same thing Dan's like repeating, like saying her yeah. line. Yeah. Like, oh my God, we're sleeping. But here's what, I, here's what I have to say. So they're sleeping, right? That was established. We're sleeping, we're going to a loop. So how do they get into a car accident? And how do they really go to the hospital? Because when you dream, where you die in your dream is where they find your body. Like Kincaid got you know, stabbed in the stomach in the middle of a junkyard. Well, they didn't they find him in a junkyard, though. They didn't. That's what I mean. Oh. So that kind of broke the rule. This kind of broke the rules of the movie. There's rules in the movie? Well, there's kind of rules to all horror movies. And, and the rules in this movie is you die in your sleep, you die in real life, but you die where you are. You don't, like, dream. Like, I, when I fell asleep and I had this accident happen to me and Freddie got me, you know, my wife found me in the bed. It didn't. She didn't find me in, uh, you know, Acapulco, where my dream was. But yeah. it's just uh, crazy. She fell asleep in the movie theater, so she would, should have woken up there, not in the car with him, or they're bringing him to the hospital. So yeah, you're right. That didn't really make sense with the rest of them. Hmm. See. Hmm. Maybe were they visiting someone in the hospital, and they fell asleep at the hospital, and uh, then. Maybe. I don't know. Listen, you're trying to, you got to find the loophole somewhere. Well, there is kind of, movies can have plot holes, not as many as Weekend at Bernie's 2, which I think at like seven <laughs> is the only one, but it's just crazy. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then she goes to the hospital with him, and you don't know if you're, it's still a dream. But again, they're still sort of dreaming because I know he gets put out again, but she says, don't let them, you know, let, don't let them put you to sleep. But it's like, even the guy, the ambulance guy, the, how much of a dick was he? She's like, he can't go to sleep. And he's like, okay, lady. And he's like, you just had to say that. He's allergic. <laughs> oh, she says he's allergic. And he's like, okay, all you had to do was say that. What? Allergic to what? <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
But I, you know what? I did think that scene was cool, though, where he was fighting not to go to sleep. They put him asleep. And then when you obviously see him when he gets up, I thought he was dying. Like, I didn't realize he was coming back. I know. Because he had to, he did kind of like back in the future disappearing act. Yep. You know, fading away. Yeah, very. So I thought he was like, he was, Freddie got him. And then the fact that he woke up, I thought it was pretty cool. Freddie in the emergency room was pretty cool too, because you only saw his eyes. Like, as the, the nurse, we saw his whole face, but it was like just that. And you know his eyes. Like, well, he, he's been a trickster this whole movie. I mean, you know, he's a nurse, he's a teacher, he's a doctor. I mean, you know. And she's getting ready. Now Alice is getting ready. Dan's in surgery. He's in good hands, she thinks. Oh, because she says, when are you going to do the surgery? 15 minutes. So she tries to like look at her watch. She goes and she grabs all the things. Awesome music's playing. And then she says, fucking A. (laughs) That was so cool. Because that was not her character. She was a shy, timid girl. Alcoholic dad. Her brother was the character, the outgoing one. She was the introvert. And look. She's saying fucking A before. Full circle. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So this is where, this is where I, get, I have a little problem. We're getting so, to the point. So what's your problem? I don't like the way Freddie died. What it was lame. It was lame. You look in the mirror, mirror? and he dies. Yeah, I understand that, but come on. That's, I feel, again, I think the budget was, was a little thin at this point again. And, uh, you know, like there's maybe was one of the last scenes filmed and like, all right, you know, we really don't have many options. Just let him look at himself and he'll just die. <laughs> I don't know. I, it was, it was a lame ending for Freddie. I thought. Amy, what do you think about the final scene? Yeah. I mean, there were parts I liked. So I love when she jumps through everything, ends up at the church and he says, welcome to Wonderland, Alice. Um, oh yeah. Huge welcome to Wonderland fan, so I thought that was really unique. <laughs> Um, I liked everything where she tries to actually use the bug, um, the zapper gadget thing and channels it with electricity. Um, and then she hears the dream master chant and all that comes full circle. And she says, you know, evil will see itself and it shall die. But I kind of, I kind of agree with Jamie a little bit. It is a little cheesy and then you just show in the reflection. That's it. I mean, if it were that easy, like Nancy wouldn't have had you know, the coffee machines under her bed for so long as she did. I mean, it just seemed like a really easy solution to get rid of Freddie. So. Yeah. I love Freddie. The parts that I do love is after the bug zapper and he, he has like the hole in him and then it cinches up, which is a cool scene too, because you see through his body to Alice. So that's a cool effect. But when he goes, I am eternal, I'm like, wow. And I do, I don't like the way it ended, but the ending if they could have got there a different way, not with the reflection, but dude, that friggin' scene with the, the arms of the souls coming out and grabbing on and like, dude, that was pretty cool looking to get to there. It was like a little like clunky, I guess. Well, I wonder if they, I mean, it, it, corny, but I mean, I wonder if they were using Alice in Wonderland because Al, Alice, I think the original title was Alice through the looking glass. Yeah. Through a mirror. Her name is Alice. She's the mirror. Like, I don't know if... Huh? Did you write this? I did write this. 12-year-old Jamie writing... (laughs) See? Uh, I I don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, again, I think it's just like some of the other scenes. Like, there was so much potential. And there were so many cool parts to the end. Um, I just think Freddy deserved better. You know. Very kind of you. He had so many cool kills for everybody else. Why couldn't he get one? No, I know. Yeah. No, he should have had something... I don't know. Does he really have any cool ones in any of them? Well, he gets burned alive. I guess they're always so hard. Even Friday the 13th, is there really a, an ending to, I guess, chapter four? The final chapter has a cool ending, but all the other ones are always like, throw this thing around, his, put him in the bottom of the lake, and then, <laughs> I don't know. It's just so hard, to, I guess, to kill these guys because it's like, like Scream, which Amy loves. Like, I love those movies too. Like, they're, they're mortal people they're, they're normal like you or i and they're easy to kill it's normal so like in those but in th- these movies these are like kind of like just like these well you have things. to start getting creative of how do we kill them i mean I, but not for nothing none of them work so i mean every time yeah. they try to kill them they, you know they keep coming back so whatever they're doing they're doing wrong <laughs> but i love the ending i do love the fact that not that how they got to the ending but i love alice kicking freddie's glove to show like he's done and, dude, I love that they always did this, even in the first one that Wes Craven didn't want to do. He's like, this isn't a franchise. I don't need to see that ending scene with the 
Freddie convertible on the green and white, uh, the green and red top. But in this one, we saw his reflection in the fountain for a second. Pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. I, so, I thought something. I thought something else was going to happen, but you know, because they've done it in all the other movies. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So we had Alice and and Dan were the survivors of this film. So we'll ask our guests first. So Amy, what did you think of Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four? I really like this one. I mean, if I rank all of them, I love the first one the most, um, followed by Dream Warriors, the third one. And then I actually really like um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare later oh, on. Oh, yeah. But then I would rank this one almost like right up on par with that. This one's, you know, because it's kind of the same thing. We know what to expect from Freddy. But again, we get a little bit more of the humor, like more confidence from him, like the snappy one-liners. The death scenes are really gruesome. Um, and then there were some, you know, the different parts with, you know, this, I give you my power and then, you know, her crossing over with the souls and all of that, you know, it's just a, a different take on it. Um, so I actually really enjoy this one as you know, it's anything better than the second one. So. <laughs> 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 Why you didn't like uh, the second one? I mean, it might be one of like the worst movies I've ever seen. The second one, I don't know that whoever the actor is that played the main guy, like screaming like a, a woman the whole time. It just like, threw me off. There was a know. good documentary that just came out about that because he's like the first like male scream queen, and yeah. there was a lot of crazy things because he was in the closet at the time and he didn't know what the undertones of that movie were, even when they shot it. And then afterwards, the documentary is all about the second movie. And there's so many lines in that movie. The other actors like during didn't reflecting, you know, 34, 35 years later, like, Oh my God, dude, I can't believe that they said this line. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so that's great. So Jamie, where, where, what was this for you? Dude, were you happy that we finally did one of these? Yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, um, I never really watched all of the Halloweens. I never really got into Halloween. Uh, Friday the 13th, I saw all of them. I saw all of Nightmare on Elm Streets, and I've always liked Nightmare better just because, you know, there, there's no rules when it comes to Freddy. I knew we talked about rules before. You know, every death is different, and every single movie is always different deaths. And, you know, the special effects where it's, you know, it's not just a murdering rampage. You know, there's... It's, it's a different take. And I think it's way more creative writing in the nightmare movies than there is with any of the, like Friday the 13th or Halloween. Um, so I, I, I loved it. I mean, uh, you know, I haven't seen him in a long time. The only one I saw recently was the first one, um, which is a, such a different movie. You know, that one's a horror movie, like I said. Uh, but this is great. I mean, uh, you know, to me, Funny Freddy is better Freddy. You know, that's, 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 that's what I want. And, uh, you know, they, they gave everything. So I would definitely recommend this. Oh, yeah. This is like the one that I've always remembered because it wasn't the first one I saw. I saw the first one like when I was way too young, like six years old. I couldn't sleep for like weeks. But this movie is just like, go watch it. It was like so it was enjoyable because you love, like Jamie said, like the way they can be creative with these movies. And again, I don't know if they can make the ones like this now because uh, people might think it's too corny, but I thought it was so cool. Like, you know, him using their fears in the dreams and do they get ridiculous when he's super freddy maybe but in the in the next movie but it's still like so cool that well, I, I also think you know freddy freddy's like that horror character that you kind of root for in a way yeah you know you have a lot of these characters are unlikable you know um and, you know, you, you root for like, all right, how's he going to kill this one? Like, you know, like you get excited. Like, I, I, like he's a funny guy. He's like a regular guy. Like you can have a beer with, you know? And I think Freddie, I, I think that's part of it is like, he's, he's a likable horror guy, you know? Yeah. There's no, when it comes to Freddie, there's like not a lot of jump scares because you're already in the dream and you kind of know what's kind of, it's going to happen. Like within that, like Jason, they're like leaning against the wall and then right. shedding through the head, but it's more yeah, gross it's than jump. Yeah. So I think this movie was obviously, I love this movie. And it was so cool. Like from this, Rennie Harlan blew up. After the opening weekend, he went with Bob Shea, went to the movie theaters, watched it with like random crowds. And the reaction was so big. Monday morning, he wakes up to a message from Steven Spielberg congratulating him. And then from there, Die Hard 2. And then look at his IMDb. And then that's awesome. It's mind blowing. Like what he did like, yeah. in his career. And I know Amy kind of mentioned it earlier, but in the credits, the last person, Jake the dog, or Jason, 
the dog, and then played by a dog named Jake. Yep. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us. It's been so much fun. We had the technical difficulties with all the bad weather, but so cool for you to hop on. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I've actually listened to a couple episodes so far. I'm going to listen to more. You guys have a really unique show because there's so many movie reviews and podcasts out there. And I just think what you guys are doing, giving you know, love to the sequels, you know, letting them step out from the originals is just really unique and different. So um, thank you so much. I'm humbled that you guys asked me and you guys are a lot of fun. <laughs> Sweet. No, it's a lot of fun. That's why me and Jamie started this because sequels are like such a unique beast. And it's really cool to be able to... And the fact that we are lucky enough to talk to people that worked on them, it's so cool. All right, so that is it for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. Thank you, Amy, for joining us. It was a blast. I put all of Amy's links below, her Twitter, her blog, and where you can find her book on Amazon. Good night, guys.